few days ago, I sat down with Richard Perko, the CEO of Lee Company. It was his heart's desire as our company is growing larger all the time to just communicate his heart and what's on the nearest horizon. I think you're really going to enjoy this. You know, Richard is not just someone I, I work with and work for and work alongside, but he is a true friend, somebody that I admire and look up to. And it, even though he is incredibly talented and very well recognized as being good at what he does, what I love most about him is his sense of normalcy. He's a normal guy who has been used by God to do abnormally great things. This is the conversation with Richard Perko. Richard, how long this year, what, what does this year mark for you in terms of how many years you've been at Lee Company? Um, this September, I'll be ce- celebrating 20 years at Lee Company. 20. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, w- people may not know if, they, if they're new here, you came up through construction, right? Mainly in engineering? Yeah, I started as an engineer right out of college and uh, worked uh, as an engineer for a while and then got into sales um, and then actually did some construction management too before I got into construction management. But yeah, I came through the construction side of our company. What would you say in your 20 years, right or wrong, just your gut reaction has been the biggest uh, change you've seen at Lee Company um, in general, I mean, like when you, as compared, if you look back from when you first started as to where we are today, what just immediately jumps out at you that's just different? Um, I, I'd say uh, that's a good question. I kind of focus a lot of times on what hasn't changed because we work really hard uh, on some things that we don't want to change, like our values. And, and to me, I take great pride in looking back over that 20 years, and, and I feel like even though the company has changed a lot, the the core of it, the value system of the people here, and our what we lead by has really remained the same across that twenty years. And I give uh, Bill and his father a lot of credit for that to to maintain that. Um, but as far as what has changed, you know, we're just a more dynamic and diverse company than we've ever been. Uh, we've always focused footprint in general, just yeah, footprint, and you know the services we provide, the way we integrate those services, and we were always a company that was focused on taking care of our clients, and our clients' needs have grown in that twenty years, and so we've just been focused on still being that company that can meet their needs, and simply because their needs um, have changed doesn't mean that. Um, you know, we're just going to do what we did 20 years ago. We, I think great companies adapt to what their clients want, and that's what we've been focused on. So sometimes people look and they go, wow, you're getting into a lot of things, and I hear that kind of thing. And, you know, none of that was haphazard. We, we planned all along around um, the change in our customer base and how they want, you know, one-stop uh, responsibility and place to go and how... Um, if they want an air conditioning unit installed, for example, um, they might want the electrical done by the same company. Um, the fact that you know homeowners want you to take care of their comfort, homeowners that want you to take care of their comfort will also trust you to take care of their security, um, their energy, and all those types of things. So windows are involved in, in security. I mean, in, uh, 
energy management, things like that. And then you know, the same thing, the same models you can get on the commercial side of our building where we're doing complete facility management now because customers want that. If they didn't want it, they wouldn't be coming to us. So We talked about growth and how the lead company culture has changed by necessity over time. This is what he had to say. But as we grow, how, how do we remain you know, feeling like a small company? And a lot of that is about communication and keeping our employees in the loop. That's right. And as you get bigger, that's harder to do. And I'll give you an example of how we've done that in the past. When I started here, I think we had maybe 250 employees or maybe a little bit more than that. But I recall being at our office on Will Hagen Avenue, which had a loading dock, and Wallace Lee being on that loading dock. And, you know, so he was standing up higher than everybody. And, Maybe not all those 250 employees, but but a lot of them, maybe you know, over 100 and probably 150 of them, standing in the parking lot, listening to him state messages about how we're going to go do our work. The degree of separation was small. Exactly. Yeah. And so one of the ways that we've done that then, as we as we grew through the years, um, Bill was um, very good about doing hallway meetings in our in our headquarters. And so if you come to our headquarters. You'll see this big open hallway that was built by design so that we could communicate with our employees, uh, our office space employees. And then we um, worked on you know company meeting where we brought all of our employees in. We started that only a few years ago. Uh, before that, we only had a handful of our employees that would, would come to that meeting. Um, so, so we've tried to be more intentional about communicating with our employees as we've grown. And um, things like the leeway, stuff like that. But now, you know, we're approaching 1,200 employees in three different states primarily, and then we have people that do work around the country, and that task is getting um, ever more difficult, and yet it is probably the most, one of the most important things to me as we grow that we do well. You bet. So, you know, as we look at that, even though, even though podcasts may be a little less personal than standing on a dock where I can meet eye to eye with people, I think it's still an important way to communicate with our employees. And, Technology is one of the ways that I can reach every employee. Um, where where having a hallway meeting or something like that, you know, we're only gonna we're only gonna see maybe a couple hundred people. Right, compared to that. the big hole. Exactly. So, so yeah, I think the you know I want our employees to be in the know, and I hope that they'll listen to this uh, podcast and the ones that you've been doing uh, with our other employees. Yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about where we're at right now as a company. Uh, first of all, we're just having a fantastic year. We're, we're setting records pretty much in every group. Um, I won't go through all the detail right now, but you know, when we have the company meeting, we'll, we'll share everything with our employees about our performance. But at this point in the year, we're setting records in um, revenue and uh, profits in almost every group, and um, things are, are really going well across the company from a performance standpoint. Um, of course, when we have years like that, you know, you start to run into other problems. Um, of course, we're out of space at our headquarters, so we have a new project, you know, going on there that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and then we're just looking to continue to hire good people. Um, we're looking to promote people across the company. So um, that's, that may sound like a simple task, you know, mm -hmm. to look across the company and promote people, but... As a company, we're very um, considerate about how we do that, and we're looking for the right people to promote. So um, it's a good opportunity for all of our employees. Um, at the same time, that's, there's a learning curve involved as we as we grow like we are. So, What would you say, in, in, to, to chase a, a skinny rabbit for a second, when, 
you know, not a lot of people get an opportunity to work for or an organization that does have promotability. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's not it's it's more. The older I get, the more I see it's not as common as you think. You know, because um, you co- you have to be a growing company to do that. If, if somebody's sitting here right now, they've been here one, two, three years. What would you say to them about? Okay, if I could tell you a couple things from my heart about how to become more promotable, how to how how to do that. What what would your encouragement be there? Well, I mean. Let me go back just a minute and just say, I think, I mean, growth to me is a very important fundamental of our company. For one reason, I came here during a growth mode. And you can look at specific points in our history where we hired, you know, really good people at a point in time. And the reason was because we were growing then. And so um, I think a great company provides growth opportunities for their employees. Whether their employees choose to grow or not, you know, some, some people don't want those opportunities, and that's great. We need great people at every level. Content to do a role. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, in fact, you know, that's probably our greatest need is to have great skilled craftsmen. Mm. Um, but so growth, so anyway, growth is important. And so when people ask me, Hey, why is it so important that you grow as if it's a negative? Sometimes, um, I think it's always a positive so long as it's, um, done well and we don't grow too fast, which we're, you know, always trying to monitor. Yeah. So if you're looking to, um, looking for growth in our company, you know, there, there's a lot of different traits that we might be looking for for a specific position. Um, I think people put sometimes too much um, focus on their experience. Experience matters. So if you're going to run a, a group of technicians, you know, it doesn't hurt to have that technical capacity. Right. But we're more interested in, in your potential to lead people. Hmm. And so, you know, the two character traits that I'm looking for you know, along with some others that would come up depending on the job, are um, attitude and aptitude. You know, I want a great attitude. I want somebody who is. A, it's irreplaceable. Yeah, it's irreplaceable. Not yeah. you know, and and not not only just their day to day attitude, but their attitude towards leading people. Mm-hmm. You know, so it sometimes looks like this. We have employees that go, "Hey, I want to be. Um, I want that position. I want to be promoted." And you know. Part of, part of leading is mentoring people. Mm. And so if we look at that individual in his day-to-day job um, and he hasn't worked to mentor people mm. in his day-to-day job, then what makes us think that he'll, he or she will do that when they get to the next role? That's right. And If you're not already doing it, right. that says a lot. Yeah. What, whether you're getting compensated or not, if you're not already doing it, right. what does it matter? Yeah, and Steve Scott, um, who runs our facility, Solutions groups. He he gave me an, a great quote one time that I use a lot. Um, that he worked with with a salesperson, um, or or actually this was a person that wanted to be in leadership uh, in a management position, and um, the person was upset because they got uh, bypassed for a promotion, and they started to have some attitude problems. And Steve said, "Well, what's what's the problem? What what's going on with your attitude here?" And the person said, "Well, I wanted to be the manager." I wanted to be that manager. I wanted that role. And so Steve looks at the person and goes, well, if you want to be a manager, be a manager. And he says, well, what do you mean? I didn't get the role. He said, no, you don't understand. If you want to be a manager, start acting like a manager and the promotion will then come. That's right. And what it means to act like a manager or a leader, I like the term leader better, is that you know, you're not just looking out for yourself. You're looking out for the people around you. 
you're putting more into the company than you're taking out. That's right. Uh, there's there's all these things and statements. Serving up and you. serving down. Yeah, maybe know. we'll do it. Maybe we'll do a podcast at some point about all those specific traits. But no, I think that's a great point. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest trap, especially when we promote people from the field into into leadership, which is um, something that we want to do. I mean, definitely, I, I want to promote from within as much as possible, and I want to promote people. Um, from the field that want to move into leadership positions as much as possible. Uh, but sometimes, um, technically, they fall into this trap of thinking that because they are maybe the hardest working and the best technician, that that makes them the best leadership candidate. Mm. And those are two different skill sets. That's right. Leadership is an entirely different mentality. Right. So yeah. so what I would encourage anyone who wants to get into leadership is um, – especially if they're a great technician or, or you know, master of their trade, is spend as much time studying the art of leadership mm. as you do studying and perfecting your craft. Mm. And if you do right. that and understand that, mm. then you'll become a great leader with all of that technical And what experience. you're really saying is be a learner. Be, right. a, be a lifelong learner. And what's cool is we've got places like that, the STEP program, Lee University. Right. We've got um, all kinds of... But, you know, here's the other thing. Too. This is something that would... An employee... I encourage so many of our people... Um, you know, I try to have lunch with somebody at Lee Company every day. And and I, I'm always telling people, go across the hall. If you're in residential, man, find your mirror in FM Squared. Find the person that does what you do with home services if you're in construction and just talk to them. If you've been here five years, go grab lunch with Steve Gammon. Go grab lunch with anybody. Man, that is... It costs you nothing to do that, you know. And and good leaders, I have learned, are they love to give away their wisdom. They love yeah. saying, they love saying, "Hey, here's every pothole I hit, man. Please avoid it," you know. And and if your if your angle is right, that's the thing. Your motive. If if my motive as being a a technician is a pure motive to go to somebody and say, "Man, just tell me what tell me what you know." I mean, man, leaders love doing that. Everybody is super excited about our new facility. In fact, just yesterday, I was talking to somebody over in, uh, on the commercial side, and she said, and I thought it was pretty cool, she said, I can't wait to get in the new building just so we can all be together. And I thought that, that it was from the heart, you know. Um, I, I think that's neat. So, so kind of where are we on that project? Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, first of all, because I am very excited about that project as well. And um, um, the Headquarters project is moving along great. We um, have steel up down there, so if you drive down there uh, to the site, you'll see it. you can see the steel coming out. You may you may not be able to drive back to the site, but you can see it from Paytonsville Road if you look closely to your right as you get off I sixty five. And um, so all that's going really well. Um, our goal right now is to be in that building in September of next year. September of 17. Exactly. Okay. And we'll probably have a little bit of opportunity to, to plan and to put people, maybe some groups in there even sooner than that. Uh-huh. Um, but we're trying to get um, through the summer, especially with our service groups, before we, we have a big um, move, which is always tough for our teams during the summer. So we're going to probably use that summer to make sure that all of our technology is working correctly, all of our furniture is Get the stuff bugs sure. out. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... Because there'll be a lot of that, just trying to... Just like you would move it into a new home. You, you, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we're we're good at construction. Of course, we do a lot of that. But even with all the planning, there's going to be a little thing here or there that, you know, we uh, need to adjust or we didn't think about or we want to improve while we have the opportunity. So 
so yeah, that project's going well, and it'll it'll also include projects at our warehouse, or excuse me, our manufacturing facility where we'll be moving our warehouse. And so the warehouse is uh, going to move to Mercer Road. Exactly. At yes. Manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so that'll give us some opportunity um, to increase our training space and our warehouse space and our manufacturing space. Okay. So this is really more than one project. In fact, there are about twelve little spinoff projects that go along with this headquarter project okay. that we're that we have to track. At the are same there time. any other big changes as far as like you know moving the warehouse from the headquarters? It's always been here. Now it's going to manufacturing where they're going to be together. Tools and all those things. Anything else like that 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 the the new move kind of dominoes out? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we have to, you know, we're going to have to figure out, and we'll work on this now, a, a place to put our fleet management. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these things, you know, are not just about moving. They're just actually ch- about changing the way we do business and, and our workflows. So we have teams working on those things. Um, for example, this warehouse here um, has served us where, well for our residential group um, being here in Williamson County. But if you look at our growth patterns over the next 10 years, you know, we're going to have as much or more growth. Actually, we will have more growth in places like Murfreesboro and Gallatin, mm-hmm. and places like that than we do in um, than we do in Williamson, mm-hmm. because that's where the population growth will be. And so, moving this warehouse in the short term may seem like it's uh, affects our ability to to work here in Williamson County, um, and and it will be a little tougher for us to figure that out. Um, but in the long term, you know, it will service the whole region. The other thing we're really focused on with our regional strategy is that transit is the biggest issue uh, in our communities right now. And going forward, it's gonna be a bigger problem. Uh, it is the num- number one strategic topic at every CEO meeting I go to. When you mean t- literally traffic and getting traffic. navigating this Middle Tennessee area. Exactly, and so um, you know all the mayors here are working on that problem. Um, and for us, it's not just a headache, you know, driving home, it is, from, especially from a service perspective, um, it has the ability to really hurt our revenues. So if you can yeah. picture, you know, being able to do, I don't know, two or three service calls a day um, five or ten years ago and only being able to do half that because, you know, we're sitting in traffic, our vans are mm-hmm. sitting in traffic. So the ability to dispatch closer to mm-hmm. areas of operation. Yeah. Um, so for Rutherford County, and having teams of technicians that are just focused on Rutherford and just focused yeah. on Davidson and you know the downtown core, we're, we're thinking about putting some technicians just in the downtown core mm-hmm. uh, to service the wow. downtown building. So yeah, every time I see a every time I see a backup on sixty five or forty, and I'm going the opposite direction, and I pass two or three of our vans, my yeah. heart just sinks. Oh man. Those guys, I mean, I just hurt for them because they're like, geez, and I hurt for the customer because he's I mean, he's doing everything he can, but he's sitting still. You know? Right, exactly, and, and and see from a competitive advantage standpoint, our customers not not only are they paying for that time that we're sitting there, typically, um, but they will also, you know, they'll quit using our service if it takes us two hours to get to them. Mm. So as we go through all of our strategic planning, for the first time in our history as a company, uh, because of the growth of our region and how rapidly it's growing and the way that it's growing. That that topic has moved up to a strategic level. I mean, it used to just be, you know, wow, we got traffic to deal with. There's yeah. a wreck on. 65. Now it's a now it is prime issue. Exactly. Yeah. So so as we look around and look at how we're going to uh, branch out with community offices, where we put warehouse, for example, you know, warehouse in Williamson County is great for Williamson County, um, but not for Gallatin. And 
um, things like that. So we're going to work heavily on logistics and how we get those things around. Richard, I know you mentioned that healthcare was something personal to every, and it is personal to every, it's one of the huge things people even look at when they're hiring on. Um, you mentioned there, there's a continual evolution in that just because of a million reasons in our country right now. Where, where are we there? Well, healthcare, you know, it is our single largest expense in the company. Uh, so that tells you, that tells you uh, a little bit about it. And we spend millions of dollars on healthcare as a benefit to our employees. And then, of course, our employees are paying a big part of that as well. The company uh, carries a, a big portion, um, probably as much as anybody in our industry. But uh, the costs continue to rise. And for example, you know, this year, our renewal that we got back from our insurance company was 30%. And that's after doing aggressive uh, shopping and seeing if we can um, get that number down. So. Uh, 30% to anybody, uh, and a 30% increase to anybody, you know, is a, is huge. a huge hit. Sure yeah. is. And so we are focused not on just taking that hit every year, uh, but trying to address the cost of health care itself. And the only way to do that really is uh, through consumer-driven health care and high-deductible plans. And I won't spend all the time here talking about the details of those, but I would just say that we're um, going to offer three different plans this year that, that I hope our employees spend a lot of time reviewing because we're going to put the education out there, but I really need all you guys to um, to look closely at what we're presenting because we're offering different plans than we ever have. Uh, we'll continue to offer a similar plan that we did before, um, but it's going to come with that healthy increase that we're getting from the insurance market. So if you just want to do what you've always done and, and you know have a big increase, then that's still there. Um, and then we'll have two high deductible plans that will allow you to set aside dollars for health care, uh, along with some tools to go out and manage your health care costs by actually going to websites and looking at different drugs, generic drugs, mm -hmm. or looking at different doctors or looking at different MRIs or procedures and actually seeing the cost and, and choosing based on cost how you want to spend that those dollars. Mm -hmm. That is the only way that we're ultimately going to affect mm -hmm. healthcare, along with wellness, mm -hmm. which we'll start to work on as a company. So if you look at the progression of our healthcare and what most companies are doing as well, if you look down the road four years, we are going to progressively move towards these high deductible plans to the point where at some point we won't have a traditional insurance plan, um, but we'll, we will work with our employees. And uh, So it is moving toward a high deductible idea concept in the next several years. That's where it's going to go, but it seems like that's where all employers are, that with insurance, I keep, you know, I, I listen to it like anybody else does and Wall Street Journal and other news outlets and media platforms. And I, I was looking just yesterday and so many of these underwriters, you know, Aetna, United, keep going, they're, you know, it's it's just a strange beast right now with what's going on in our country. And it, it, it seems like it's just, it's costing employers more and more all the time. Yeah, and, and you know the only again the only way to resolve that I, I use the high deductible statement because that's what the plans are called, but it's really consumer driven healthcare and wellness are the only ways we're going to resolve uh, our healthcare crisis. Meaning that you know the consumer driven part is that if there are two MRI options out there instead of just taking the one that your doctor gives yeah. you, you know there may Shop be a, it. there may be right there may be a thousand dollars difference between oh. an R MRI in that same building and Absolutely. one right across the street. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but in traditional insurance, you don't care because you're just paying a premium. The doctor doesn't care because it's his MRI. And, and then the whole system's paying more. You so know, Richard, you made a great point right there. I, I've gotten to where, when I was in finishing up my master's work, I, I did billing for doctors. So I kind of got a front row seat at a lot of that. And what I learned, thankfully, was I learned just because my doctor told me to go do it, number one, didn't mean I had to. I mean, I'd try to always be a good patient, you know, but I learned quickly that, just like you said, he said, well, go go see Dr. X for your MRI. Well, maybe I don't have to do that. Maybe I've gotten to where even now, um, you know, I'll give a perfect example. Recently, I went to the doctor because my my family has a history of gout. Well, it it, it showed up on my doorstep, you know, and and right big toe where it always seems to show up. Went to the doctor. They said, well, we need to do x-ray. I said, well, hold on a minute. I'll do it if you tell me I have to. I said, but let me ask you this. What's an x-ray going to say? And the doctor just kind of stopped. "Um, Well, uh, and they kind of paused. And I said, it's going to tell me what I already know, that I have gout. And there's nothing about an x-ray. But I had done a lot of research before I went to the doctor. Like, yeah, you don't really have to have that. Now, if I had just said yes, which 10 years ago I'd have done, I'd have just said sure. Well, that's another seven, dollars $800 out of my pocket that I didn't have to spend. And so it's not that I've gotten to where I say no. It's just that I try to think more. And, and, and ultimately, my health care is my responsibility. And it's coming out of my pocket. So being able to shop and do things, I think, makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. And most people don't see that impact right now because they, they pay in a premium until the next year and it goes up 30%. They don't realize that decision like that x-ray uh-huh. back when you made it last year is actually affecting the price of that premium, that 30% yeah. going up. So that's the, that's one of the big keys. And the other key is wellness and, and working with our employees just to be um, just to be healthier. And there's lots of ways that we can help with that. Some can be incentive-driven and and some not, but um, you know, one one example is our is the decision on our headquarters to place it in a place where our employees can get out of the office and walk um, some during the day and do things like that. And then simple things like just healthcare screenings that a lot of our field employees uh, just don't get by and do, you yeah. know, and, and helping them make good decisions around those screenings. So the last area we'll we'll talk about. I know Richard, you, you wanted to talk a lot about when we first talked about doing this particular segment, you mentioned, I, I want to talk about your personal work-life balance. You know, I, I tell people all the time when they come to me as a chaplain, it is in the heart of Bill Lee and the heart of Richard Perko that you are whole, that you are a whole person. God made you to, to enjoy your work, enjoy your family, enjoy your life, and and so that's why I'm here. And so it's okay to to stop and let's let's try to figure out how to how to get you back whole again, you know, with whatever you're struggling with. So work life balance is a part of that. And and you were I know you wanted you wanted to kind of talk about your heart for that with our people. Yeah, especially during times like now. I mean, you know, I look back on our recent history and when we're uh, and, I, and I like to watch the morale of our company and and monitor that and you know, when, when the recession was going on and there wasn't enough work to go around, you know, morale wasn't great because we were all looking to find additional work and, and make sure that we were all fully employed. And, um, and, of course, that's a big, important part of my job is to make sure we do that. Um, and then, you know, just as quickly, <laughs> what can happen, and, and we always use the term feast and famine in our industry, 
is we can go to this point where, you know, we have so much work coming in. Um, our customers are, you know, just calling us every day for, to do jobs. We're, we even, you know, we're turning some down, but, um, you know, even with that, there's just a ton of work going on. And that's a great thing. That's what everybody wants, you know, uh, in general. But when those time periods go on, as they have now for, um, you know, a couple of years, that work-life balance can get way out of, out of whack. You just look up one day and realize you're swamped. Yeah, and I can see it in the morale of our people, um, and I can see it in their eyes sometimes where you just, you know, have worked endlessly for months and on end and um, need a break. And um, so so rather than get to that mode, and, you know, I, I recall those days myself when I was working 12, 14 hours as an engineer to get, uh, specifically, I remember the Titans, when the Titans came to town working on their training facility uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning to get it out for a deadline, wow. you know. And, yeah. um, but not long after that, I remember getting to the point where I was like, wow, I need a break. And yeah. so my only point of that is just, you know, listen to your body, mm. talk to your supervisor, um, work on that work-life balance, take your vacations. I mean, one of the benefits that we offer our employees is vacation. Yeah, take it and take it. That's yeah, right. and and you know I know there's an old thing out there about well if I take a vacation I'm just gonna have more work when I get back and you know sometimes that's true. I mean I, I've experienced that, but um, you still need that break. You still need to go recharge because you know what, Richard? Here's here's the thing that I've I've learned about my own life, and if you listen to people who are literally scientists about your life and your mentality and that do tests on people for performance, hands down, it is scientifically proven that you, there is a threshold to where your creativity drops off the cliff when you're overworked. I mean, you, you're, God didn't make you, it's, it's, why, you know, it's, it's why he created Sabbath. There's a reason for that. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, there, there is crunch time. We all, we've all gone through those modes where we have fast-paced projects that have to get out, but my point and what I'm more focused on here is just, you know, long-term health and, mm. and relaxation. Seeing the big picture. And balance, yeah. And, yeah. you know, there was a time when working those 15 hours a day or whatever uh, we used to do, you know, it was kind of old school and it was a badge of honor. And, you know, it was yeah. a badge of honor to say, yeah, I'll never take my vacations. Well, it's really not. I mean, to get on in your career and be stressed out and have a heart attack and, to look back on your life and go, hey, the only thing that defined me is I was at work every day is not what we want for our employees. And your children paid for it. Your marriage paid for it. All those things. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, one of the things I would just I would just tell you is just balance, you know, balance things like overtime. You don't have to take every overtime hour. Uh, find a way to relax. And, um, you know, I, if you have a physical job here, try to find rest. Don't go home and, you know, work as hard as you do at home as you do here. Try to find a, a way to rest there. And I would say if you have an office job, then try to find a way to exercise because alternately you need, you need that. And, um, you know, I, I expect a lot of our employees because I have a high standard for what we do here. But I'll just leave, leave with a statement. I don't want you to give everything you have at work and leave nothing for home. Okay? So when you go home, you know, have some left in the tank for your family, for mm -hmm. your kids. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you know, you're, we're... we're uh, we're asking too much of you. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Podcast. You know, these things don't really help anybody unless we share them. So share them with your team. Push them out through email. Uh, you know, the links are right there in SoundCloud. And you can 
copy that link and send it to your techs, send it to your people that are, you know, working through FM Squared or anybody working in support services. Use those, push them out, push them out to your friends. Man, that, that's totally great. Uh, let people that you care about, if any of these podcasts, we're, we're, we've built a pretty good library so far this year, it's only going to grow.